You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest today is former Vancouverite, now Torontoite cartoonist, uh, Keith Jones. Are you are you born in Vancouver or are you born in Toronto? Or are you born in... I was born in Victoria. In Victoria. Yeah. No one wants to stick around in Victoria. No. Well, it's pretty nice there, but I just sort of uh, <laughs> got bored of it after a while, I guess. It isn't the phrase the... Uh, Newly wed and the nearly dead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what it's like there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Vancouver. It can be fun. I'm, I'm like a Vancouver I'm boy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on Victoria. <laughs> Good comic store there, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. Legends. I like it a yeah. lot. Yeah, that place is great. I used to go there lots when I was a kid. I remember when it opened. <laughs> it's been open a while. Mm-hmm. Quite a while. I used to go there. When I was a kid, not quite a kid. I don't remember when I first went there. I remember it opened used to like, kind of like the early nineties or something. Okay. There used to be this other comic book store there called Island Fantasy that was pretty good too. I remember. I remember that one because one year when I was a kid, I was there for Christmas and I went and they were having this huge sale and I bought a bunch of Kirby superpowers. Oh wow. I don't remember <laughs> what happened to the comics, but I, I remember buying them there. Yeah. Yeah, that place was... I remember... Who did I meet there? I think Todd McFarlane came in, like, <laughs> one time, and, uh, uh... Oh, some other guy. I can't remember. Who the heck was it? Someone that drew in that... You ever hear that magazine, like, Cartoons Magazine? Yeah. Yeah. It's like some... I can't remember who it was. One of those guys was from Victoria that drew in that... Or Vancouver, like, from the area, and came down, and I got him to sign, like, some poster of a hot rod that he drew. <laughs> I can't remember who it was now, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a poster of a hot rod, all right. Yeah. I used to be really into that magazine when I was a kid. After, like, Mad Magazine, I somehow got into drawing... Well, I got really into drawing cars, so then... That magazine was just fun, because it was all car drawing. Had how to draw cars in it and stuff, which was fun. <laughs> so you got into comics pretty young? Yeah, yeah. I, like, sort of... I was really into, like, a satire like comics when I was a kid mostly like Mad Magazine sort of the main line and then I don't know I got into like other stuff too like for a while like uh, just I don't know like Elf Quest and that when I was <laughs> <laughs> those kind of comics like it was like t- and then like you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sort of rip off style comics like stuff like that when I was I don't know about 11 or 12 I was into those for a while I don't know. Uh, yeah, and this satire, tons of like Mad Magazine. And I, was, I really liked Don Martin when I was a kid a lot. He was my favorite artist. Did you see that massive Don Martin box set? Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got that right when it came out. It's awesome. <laughs> it's it's daunting. Yeah, I know it's insane. I've like only looked at it a couple times and just put it on a shelf, and I'm like, oh. How am I going to get into it? <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's too bad it's so big because it's kind of one of those perfect bathroom books. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah, yeah. you know, just flip through and just read gags. I know. I remember, like, they used to put out, like, Don Martin books that were, like, more like magazine, like, you know, like, I don't know, they had, like, 100 pages. They are like, sort of annuals and they're soft cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the big, good. yeah, I think I had one of those big mad specials. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know, you could throw them around and beat them up and read them, but this one's, like, so 
special that you're like, I don't really want to... <laughs> I get paranoid <laughs> of breaking it, you know? It weighs so much that it like almost would break itself if I opened it up. And I think it would break you first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a big red brick. It's totally insane. It's massive. <laughs> It's awesome though. It's like everything from the beginning to the end of Mad Magazine. I remember when he went to Crack Magazine too. That was interesting. It was an odd time. We didn't know what yeah. to think. That was the same time that the Cracked had uh, the Ugly Family in it. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, I think Bob Fingerman was doing stuff in Cracked. Oh yeah. I haven't even looked at Cracked in years now. I remember when I was a kid, I found. The second issue of Cracked in like a garbage pile, at, like in the back of some used bookstore for like fifty cents. I found like a couple of the first ten issues as well, like number six and eight or something. And, but it was sort of my most coveted thing when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I found the second issue of Cracked. The cover was like ripped off halfway, and <laughs> it was just neat to have. But was it any good? Uh, it was alright. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I, I liked Cracked and Mad when I was a kid because I just liked satire. Mm -hmm. I used to like like Peter P Porker, you know, what is that? Yeah, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 and like that kind of stuff. And like there's that comic, uh, What The? You remember? Like, mm -hmm. There's like some Marvel comic that was making fun of all the superheroes and that. That was, uh, yeah, I don't know, those were all sort of really exciting. I really like Donald Duck and all that, like Scrooge McDuck and Disney comics. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get into about Carl, like getting to know that it was Carl Barks and some of his work who, at all? I know that name. I forgot who it is now. Carl Barks is the guy that did all the Uncle Scrooges. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah he's the, the guy the, that, like, yeah, just sort of wrote them all, and no one paid attention. At, I, I always hear about his stuff, but I don't even know which ones they are. And well, I like don't all know if the, I've read them. you probably watched Ducktales because you're the same age as me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so all those are based on uh, Carl Barks stories. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. And he did these amazing uh, Uncle Scrooge oil paintings. Whoa. Which go for just ass loads of money, like hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. Whoa. They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine. i got to look that up. I, I keep hearing about them. Like, people are always talking about it, but I just don't really... I haven't bothered to research them that much yet. <laughs> well, it's kind of a, a bad time because... There was a lot of really great reprints in the 80s and 90s, but yeah. there hasn't been anything recently. Um, yeah. So did he like? Did he do the con like Scrooge McDuck or something? From yeah. Like, and in, in like the 50s for Dell or something or? I guess yeah. It would have been yeah. It would have been Dell, I think. He did yeah. he did tons and tons of Disney stuff. Oh. Tons. Because we got, I got, like, I work at like a comic book store, like sort of a used bookstore, comic book store, and we have tons of these like old uh, Scrooge McDuck, like Dells right now. So it's one, I was actually wondering if that was him that did those or not. Because I was thinking about getting some. Oh, probably is. I'd, them. I'd get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dangerous is it working at a comic store? It's horrible. I have like, I don't know. I get like a hundred comics a, uh, well maybe not a week, but I just can't even keep up with it. I've been just diving into like different you know it's just history like of so much old comics that I never read when I was a kid and I don't know so much I didn't know that I've just been lots of like older guys that come in like and just buy tons of stuff but they hang out and just show me things that I didn't know and like it's like going to school for comics <laughs> pretty awesome <laughs> and I just read like I don't know I can't even stop reading 
the amount of comics I get. I can't even keep up with it. They're kind of like piled up in my room now. And it's, I just get into a different like facet of something, and I'm like, oh no, I didn't even read that last area that I like bought a bunch of. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the classic sort of psychotic comic collector, I guess. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's all candy. You just want to ah, give me more. Just <laughs> Yeah, I always like. I have to stop. I got to stop. And then I like, go into work the next day, and I see five things. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna put them down here and buy them at the end of the week. And then the end of the week, I got like 40 things, and I'm like, oh god. And you're the, the <laughs> comic store you work at. You can say if you want, or you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You guys like it's pretty cheap too. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, we. It's sort of like a discount, or it's like a secondhand bookstore, like sort of thing. And uh, we've. I don't know, it's, it's sort of got this weird thing where it's just like about volume and buying tons of stuff and just selling it all right away for a little bit more. Yeah. Instead of marking it up, like, I don't know, our comics are usually knocked down like a little bit below of what they would usually be selling for. And they sell. Yeah, and people just come in and buy like tons of them. So it's sort of fun because things are just constantly being filtered through there. So you see so much so fast because it's just always being reloaded. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good for that. It's sort of like paranoid because, like, I usually I've been going in on my days off too to just catch up. Like, <laughs> no, what did, what did what did this guy? There's this one guy that comes in and he has like, he must have the most massive comic collection imaginable because he has like, he just has everything and he he just comes in and like he he brought in like the first hundred issues of X Men and he's like, oh yeah, well I got four copies of all of these. I just gotta get rid of them and like <laughs> he's just like sort of like I don't know bending back and forth from alcoholism to comic collecting so like it's like one or the other and so he just brings them in and like sells like you know a hundred dollars worth like every day sometimes for like That's weeks insane. and they're always insane like I've just been getting like really old like Dick Sprang Batmans and like oh don't tell me which that. are like sort of my favorites yeah <laughs> it's insane I'm uh my, my big obsession regular listeners probably know is Batman and I've been getting my Batmans bound up and I'm going as far back as I can can doing like complete runs of Batman and Detectives right now I'm oh, fi- filling in gaps I'm as far back as the Neil Adams era yeah. like completed yeah. and then I have like I'm probably missing like 20 or so of like from Detective 330 to 400 something and you know yeah. It's insane, and there's something wrong with me. <laughs> it's the classic, yeah. <laughs> I'm always, like, thinking, all right, I'll just get these things just to fill in a little gap of, like, uh, you know, influence, like, you know, if I'm, like, drawing and I, like, want to look at something that I like or I want to come up with some sort of layout design that I might think is interesting. There's always, like, a new excuse for a new area to purchase. <laughs> it's research. <laughs> like, research. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, like, <laughs> totally like that it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like things like I just went like I was uh, I just went to New York this past weekend and was in Desert Island and they had like all these new like Steve Ditko comics like what he makes now oh they're crazy I know they're insane and I was like I didn't even know that they're around or anything and I just was like oh I'm buying all of these like right away don't even knowing what's in them of course they're going to be insane and they're so good. It's like, really crazy that he's still doing these comics. Like, they're really small print runs, I think. Yeah, they are. That's another thing that's amazing. Like, I'm just like, I'm never going to see these again. I have to get all of them. Like, <laughs> well, they're they're published by this guy Robin Snyder. 
um, who lives in Bellingham, of all places. And I think only recently you've been able to get in touch with them by email to order them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about ordering them all from... And there's, like, some kind of... There's an ad on the back of one of them for, like, a like a, a really thick volume. Like, I think it's, like, a 200-page one or something that he put out as well of, like, just Ditko stuff. I know there's a guy in Toronto that has been uh, selling them. Like Oh, really? Things. Yeah, I'll get you in touch with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bob Here is his name. He mm -hmm. does a, his name's Bob Here. He does a really good uh, Ditko blog and a oh, Kirby wow. blog. Or I think it's more Kirby blog, but he oh. was selling on eBay the Ditko stuff for like oh, the, wow. the price you would get it. And yeah, I yeah. from him because it would be cheaper shipping because he's in Canada. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Shit. Yeah, because they, they were out of most of them when I was there, too. I only got, like, five or six of them, I think. Oh, there's right? tons. There's, like, yeah, 20 there's, different Yeah, I want to get all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, have you read any of them yet? Yeah, I read, I go, yeah, I read two of them. One of them is just, like, it's just insane. It's, like, not even a comic. It's just, like, all, like, full-page sort of, like... Rants? Yeah, yeah, and they're, like, some of them are themed about, like, stolen artwork and, like, drawings that are taken away. You know, they all run around themes that are relative to, like how you sort of hear about how he's sort of bitter about certain things maybe or like mm -hmm. and then the other one was like a crime comic but it was like the first 10 pages was like it was just the dialogue was like really short and not too like you know he didn't it's like he didn't even bother giving you the full sentence he just gives you like the, the rough meaning of what the sentence is supposed to be you know like like <laughs> where they go or over there go and, <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting because like the ones that are illustrated they're all kind of abstract looking yeah like it's weird it's just like shapes that are talking yeah and no the, faces the lettering is put in this weird way like it's, it's all really this odd dynamic yeah it, it looks really good like it looks and it looks awesome how he just sort of spits them out and the story was so insane because it was like the first i don't know five or six pages was just like about some guy that was, I think, a criminal, but you didn't really know, and it sort of was just about this escala escalating, like, rumors about him, and it was just back and forth, like, you know, every panel was a different place, and they were, like, you know, they were just talking about the rumors, and they were building up more and more about where he was, and how, and they were like, he's escaped into the forest, and he's gone mad, and, like, it's all this stuff that sort of you think is relative to how he probably thinks people think about him, like... <laughs> 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 it's like how he did the last Spider-Man too. Like, was like Spider-Man holding up that like bridge or something on his back, or was it? I can't remember building or something. Yeah, I think it was a building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like him like holding up all this you know pressure and weight, and then at the end it just like lets it go and hands yeah. the comic in and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys! I'm going home. Yeah. You got two photos of me. And you'll never see me again. Yeah. <laughs> pretty amazing. We should probably mention the f why I'm talking, other than we both like comics. Uh, you have two books um, out from Drawn and Quarterly. The first uh, came out, what, five years ago? Four years yeah. ago? Back to area in the Petit Livre series. Petit Livre? Yeah. My French is terrible. <laughs> um, and your latest, Catland Empire, which is a maddening space epic of uh, galactic proportions. <laughs> yeah, that comic's pretty... I spent, like, the last four years making it, because it was a... Uh, 
sort of a huge plot line that I was trying to figure out. And I don't know. I like wrote like all these different endings for it, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I just wanted it to be about cat people and them coming to Earth and saving humans from like basically all just killing themselves. And I didn't know how to expand upon. That. <laughs> I had all these different options of you know how to fill the story in. And I don't know. It was pretty fun to do learning and like it's the first time I made a really long story like that so mm -hmm. learning how to like do that was pretty I don't know a, a big learning curve <laughs> I'm curious just uh, before we jump into it kind of how you got to doing this book because I look at your previous work and you're not really I mean some of your stuff in Bacteria is kind of comic-y but it seemed like you're kind of the opposite of maybe some of your peers, where they go from doing comics and doing mm. fine art, where you seem to be going in the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I spent a long time, like, doing, like, more art sort of drawing and that, and, like, I made, like, these giant drawings of cities and, like, spent, like, three years on three drawings. I sort of went insane. And I was doing them while I was doing this comic as well, but... I spent a long time just trying to figure out, like, what it was that I wanted to do, because I, I mean, I've always been drawing since I was a kid, and I always liked comics, and then, I don't know, I sort of, like, I've just taken me a long time to figure out what direction I want to go in with it, like, mm -hmm. uh, and making drawings, like, without narrative is, like, f you know, fun to do, and I like it, but I also felt like I just sort of it just, I don't know, I didn't know how to, like, show it to people as well. It seems more difficult, and I don't know, it just doesn't seem as, I just didn't, I just don't like it as much anymore, because I just think that, like, making a drawing and spending all this time on it and putting it on a wall and someone buys it and takes it home and sort of lost and gone. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it also doesn't really have, like, a super, you know, intense, like, more, like, narrative clarity of, like, you know, a point behind it, maybe maybe it's like misrepresented or it's just looked at as something that doesn't matter in some way that, you know, I just didn't feel like was worth the time anymore, so I just find like making comics to be way better, because I just like the whole idea of comics and like what they are and like the world and how they, uh, how they're looked at even like, is sort of like this like, <laughs> I don't know, just the, and uh, how they're like a movie too that you read and like, uh, you can just do anything with them. You can make the most insane story of anything and do whatever you want. And like, it's just sort of you can even change your styles all around. And you can I don't know. It's just like way more fun. It seems like it's also better because then people all get to see it and they all could have a b book of it. And then you know I don't have to like sell the drawings if if I don't feel comfortable about it. And like I can just sort of like continue making more stories and like drawing them, because, I don't know, it just seems like a better thing to be doing to me. Mm. <laughs> and, like, the, the, the move into it is also, like, because it's sort of a daunting thing in my mind to get into, like, because it's, like, a big, long story or something, you know, you have to, and I'm very, like, I don't know, I'm really precise about how I want to think about what I'm doing, so I, like, spend way too much time thinking about, like, a sentence, you know, like, there's some sentences in that book I spent, like, 12 hours just breaking around and figuring out how to structure them properly in a way that I thought was good and like 
and leaving and coming back, you know, and the whole process of it all is, like, sort of exciting to me. It's, like, links more into, like, just life, because I can, it's like I'm a director of a movie, so I can, like, go at it with so many different moods that I'm in, like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, some days I don't feel like drawing, so I'll just write, like, a scene, and then maybe some days I don't even want to write or draw, so I'll just look at all the scenes that I might use and, like, examine them all and narrow them down to one and question that one, you know, with, like, another one, and I don't know, it's, like, really fun to just, like, a puzzle, a big, big puzzle to put together and break down into, like, a finished story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. <laughs> did you go, what did you go to art school for? Did you go to art school? I went to art school for, like, six weeks, and then I got kicked out when I was, like, 20, and... There's, like, a small drawing school in Victoria, like, it's called the Victoria College of Art, and, uh, I don't know, it was, in, it was, I liked it there, but they didn't seem to really want me to, I don't know, we had a disagreement, because they wanted me to, like, sort of break out of my habit, like, of how I was drawing at that point, which I'd been drawing for a long time, and it was hard for me to want to do that, like, they're like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't draw, like, how you want, you should, you know, do these cubist paintings and just copy them, exactly, you know, it's like, I don't want to do that, like, maybe I'll take, like, some elements of this cubism, whatever, and I'll, int- you know, integrate it into what I think I want to use from it, and, like, you know, it was just that kind of thing, and it didn't last. <laughs> so you've been pretty stylistically consistent, yeah. as far as your work goes. Yeah, since I was, I don't know... Like, when I was a kid, I'd draw... It jumped around a lot when I was younger. I'd, like, go from drawing, I don't know, like, super, like, Disney-like cartoons to, like, and drawing, like, trying to draw, like, realistic, like, muscle faces. Like, I was really into Punisher for a while when I was a kid. <laughs> like, draw, like, the Punisher a ton. Uh, he was, like, my sort of favorite superhero. But I liked him because he was, like, not really... He was just sort of a Navy... You know, I was really into war comics, too, for a while. And, like... Mm-hmm. I just liked how, like, they were, like, uh, sort of, like, more, like, guys that were just out kicking ass, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, it was sort of, it was just sort of more, it was like when I was, when I was a kid, I was really into collecting toy cars, like, Hot Wheels, and I always didn't like the Hot Wheels that were, like, those weird sort of, like, spacey science fiction looking, like, hot rods, I more like to collect, like, the, just police cars and boring cars. It just seemed more uh, interesting to collect cars that were real or read comic books about real characters, you know, like, that were just humans. But, I don't know. I still like superheroes, too. They're hilarious, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's all got its own place. I'm a doubt, I'm a doubt. 
folks know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to Keith Jones and his two books, Catland Empire and Bacteria. We're just talking about making comics and uh, being a cartoonist. Do you, do, you, do you feel you're a cartoonist, not a not a, uh, a fine artist? Uh, well, I guess... Or is there no differentiation? There's yeah, no differentiation. Really, it's sort of the same to me, I find. I mean, cartoonist is like... I don't know what that is. Is that like drawing with like lines and making characters, which is, I guess, yeah. But uh, art, fine artist is like, I don't know, making something that has some sort of meaning maybe. I don't know, even, you know, and expressing yourself through like your, I don't know, your, all your different like, you know, senses. And so, I don't know, I like to do that too. I, I always can tend to like more like relate to like a, like a movie director when mm-hmm. I'm making comics. Like, sort of what I look at is like, or I think like it is, is like movies. It's like, okay, I gotta build a scene, you know, like make the set and like come up with the props and the dialogue and the characters and the colors and, you know, it's really fun like that. I love the, uh, the colors you use. It's like, <laughs> it's some kind of pop. <clears throat> it, yeah. It's total like, it reminds me when I was a kid and like the Ninja Turtles, like the, the, yeah, yeah. Like that. I had this Ninja Turtle shirt that was like bright neon. It kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> Do you know the shirt I'm talking about? I think I might. I don't know. Is it like like they're all sort of jumping out at you? I, I think, think so. Yeah. 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 It's a long time ago. This is like yeah. plus years. <laughs> <laughs> I heard those guys are here, aren't they? Like the, they're in Toronto. The guys that made that. Really? And then Leard or whatever. They well, they've kind of they've gone their own ways. Oh yeah. Yeah and. They've sold off a lot of the rights for oh. a lot of money. A they have some grant thing, don't they? Like some the Zurich grant. Yeah. yeah. So they've done well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so Catland Empire, your uh, by far most epic comic. Um, I kind of feel like there's some issues you're exploring. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like. Sometimes I wake up and I feel <clears throat> hopeless about uh, 
humanity, but I also don't, but I don't know, it's just sort of fun and, I, I don't know, it's like poking fun at the world, but it's also like, uh, deals with like, I don't know, I just, sometimes I get paranoid of like the world ending or something and like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've I read a lot of, uh, I deliberately dove fully into like conspiracy theory. I was like, wondering all, about that, like you had the lizard men in the middle of the planet. Oh, sorry if I ruined the Yeah, yeah, like the whole hollow earth theory and like a uh, cross-pollination of like apes to like make a half alien being called humans and like as a slave race to like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you know, there's like, I don't know, there's just so much of it, it's insane. And like I, I got to the point where I was like really paranoid at one point when I was like, all right, we gotta get. I gotta leave this continent and hide because we're all gonna get like gassed and buried alive and put into like death camps in like the next six months. Like that, I was literally thought that for a while, and I was like just totally lost my mind. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I had to stop. <laughs> but like I just, you know, I got so far into it because I was like, I don't know. It was really fun because it was at first maybe, but <laughs> and it's like I don't know, just exploring like all the possibilities of whatever's happening, you know, what could be happening, and, uh, just, I don't know, it was fun, because the whole time I was sort of doing it to try to maybe think of things, possible directions that I could, you know, put the book together in and combine it, like, all these different theories to make a story with, but, yeah, it was pretty intense. (laughs) (laughs) It's very... Go ahead. Oh, there's some good one. like, there's this one that I, like, really like, I'm... I'm making another comic book right now as well that's sort of still dealing with the residue of all this, like, theme. And, uh, but there's this one story in particular that I really liked where it was this guy that, like, uh, he would interview, like, people that were adopt, I mean, that were kidnapped by aliens, you know? And, uh, there was this theme that went on where they'd kidnap you and put you on a spaceship. And then the spaceship had this blonde man that would psychically talk to you and he looked like he was human. And then there was soldiers running around, like military soldiers. But then there was aliens, and that you were way out in space all of a sudden. And he he would he would talk to you psychically and be like, "All right, so this is your life now. I'm going to show you your past life and your future life." And then all of a sudden, it came up on a screen. And like this one woman in particular was, she would uh, her past life was her like dying in uh, Egypt, and like uh. It, it ended up linking with her future life where she was the assistant to the guy that invented the time machine and he actually uh, had an experiment because the time machine was top secret and his experiment was to go back like way back in time and form a colony which was like the pyramids so he was like a pharaoh back in time and she was his assistant so she would go back there and be sort of like a have some sort of position in like Egypt and run the show or whatever and have like all the magic of the future coming through the time machine without the people knowing about it and like uh anyways she like thought it was wrong at some point and like sort of freaked out but then she was like like while she was in egypt and so that's why she died in egypt in her past life which was actually her future life but gone back in time to her past life and she was actually killed by these shadows that came out of the air and they were like these figures called shadow people and they picked her up and threw her and froze her like so she couldn't move and then threw her in the Nile and she drowned and died. <laughs> <laughs> she drowned and died. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That and, like, Stargates that are, like, in military bases all over the place, which is another good theme that I was really into. 
They're like aliens that are coming back and forth through Stargate systems, and there's like ex-military commanders that are like talking about like how they used to like work on the Stargate, and like I don't know, it's totally crazy. <laughs> and just like you know the, how they haven't, I don't know. There's like supposedly there's no like close-up photos of the North Pole from the air or something, because I guess there's some giant hole up there where you can like go in, and there's like some hollow Earth like underground city theory. And there's also ones with the moon where they think the moon is just a giant city of aliens inside of it like it was actually made by a made by somebody like it wasn't even like a natural thing (laughs) and there's also this theory of the moon being the gate to like uh, holding like a giant like there's like a force field around the entire planet that was made by an alien race like um billions of years ago to like trap us here Anyways, that's like a huge story. I don't even want to get into that. But. And you're sort of interweaving all these different ideas that people have. Yeah, yeah. And just building like a story out of it. What's more cat people? Hmm? What's more cat people? Yeah, the cat people were sort of just there for the... I don't know. I like I like cats a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> How many they cats do rep- you have? They represent what I like about life. <laughs> Just chilling out and eating food and having a good time. I love that. Then the cats, all this, they just want to have hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and roll around in catnip and like I don't know. And hang out with birds. Yeah, yeah. The birds are. Yeah, I I I, I used to work at like a hamburger I, on Granville Island in Vancouver. I worked at like a hamburger stand. And uh, I used to, like, feed the birds french fries out the window all the time, and i just sort of watch them, because after a while they knew that they'd get feed birds, and they'd get feed, uh, fed, like, french fries. And uh, i just stare at them, and they'd sort of look at me in, like, that half way that was, like... It's like how cats look at you when they're sort of, like, almost sketched out, but they might think they can get something from you, like food or something, but they don't know how to really go and get it from you. So they just sort of stand there and half look at you. <laughs> That's where I thought about birds and cats being relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Just that expectation of being taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. So, like, I don't know. Birds are cool. Did you ever... I was just... I, I meant to bring up, just before the birds thing, uh, when you're talking about the Egypt story, um, do you ever read Robert Crumb's uh, Visions of Philip K. Dick? No, I haven't read that. I've seen that, but I never, yeah, I never read it. It's in an issue of Weirdo, I think, and one of the complete crumbs, obviously. Yeah, it's, yeah. uh It's kind of follows his, one of his paranoid, delusional dreams or imaginations that he had a past life in Egypt, and whoa, it's it's fucked up, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look. At, I don't know, look that up. And read uh, you it. can find it online pretty easily too. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, is it pretty easy to find? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I think it's the visions of Philip K. Dick. So. I was just reading this amazing comic book. Uh, I I got really into like I read the Incal, you know that? Yeah, yeah, the Jodorowsky and uh, Mobius. Yeah, that was amazing. And then I read the Techno Priests, which is like a Jodorowsky. So it's like a spinoff from that. Are those any good? Yeah, it's amazing. It's like just about this. I guess it's like some kind of weird video game programming world. Like I don't know, it's a huge story. You should, just, you should get it. It's really good. <laughs> I've got the really I've got the Incals or Incals, but I haven't gotten any of the other stuff. I'm just yeah, the Incals amazing. Do you, did you watch any of uh, Jodorowsky's movies? Was that ever something you're into? Oh yeah, yeah. I like the 
the Holy Mountain was amazing. I don't know all of them really. What's that one? Sante Sante Sangre? Yeah, is that the one with the mom that doesn't have any arms? Yeah, and the the circus. Yeah, that's insane. I was watching. No, go ahead. Oh yeah, and El Topo was amazing too. Yeah, they're all good. I was watching that with a friend who's a huge Mobius fan, and all this stuff was suddenly clicking to him with El Topo, just how much Mobius took from the visuals in his own work, especially with the Arzak and all yeah, this yeah. stuff in the deserts. And yeah, totally. It's, uh, I just I just finished reading the Elsewhere Prince series. Did you ever read that? No, I didn't. Like, like written by him, but he didn't draw it. Hmm. It was pretty good, too. It was like just a spin-off of that uh, airtight garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was neat, too. Oh, Mobius. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff is easier to get. <laughs> there are, I just read the other day they're reprinting the Incals or Incals with the original coloring. Yay. Oh, did they release it again with the original coloring? They're going to in the fall. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> the new coloring wasn't as good. The old coloring is perfect. And, like, I don't, I don't have the third part, though, like in the old coloring. Because like, th- I have, like, part one and two on those epic. Yeah, the third part came out way later, and it's a little different, the coloring. Like, mm-hmm. it looks a little different um, yeah. than the other two. Because it was done way later, so it's going to change, but yeah. They're... And I don't know this, but uh, Yves Chaland, or Chaland, uh did the coloring on it, the Ink Bills. Who's that? He's this uh, great French cartoonist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's just interesting. Like, they have this great cartoonist, and then they take that wonderful material put together by masters and turned into like something done by Rob Liefeld yeah totally <laughs> we gotta spice it up yeah. sell more copies <laughs> and it sold less yeah. refused to buy it so hey <laughs> what can you do I'm curious uh, reading Catland Empire were you much into psychedelics are you much into psychedelics um yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've delved down that road with things. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the whole uh, the whole idea of just what psychedelics sort of seem to represent is like something that I like to just think about in general as well. Like just multiple universes and multiple ways of like examining the air. You know, being like, well, what's going on in that air space in front of me that I can't see? You know, because the radio tuner hasn't tuned in the frequency of like you know some giant monster that's breathing down my neck that I don't see and so I don't <laughs> think it's there you know <laughs> you know I could be standing in some lava pit right now but for some reason I'm just not there but I might be there if I turn the dial you know <laughs> I, I felt there was a big nod to, to Huxley in the book especially yeah, f- yeah I could I can see that. I didn't think about that when I was doing it, but, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, I don't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> it all applies to, like, the way I guess I was thinking. <laughs> that's so funny. A comic about a bunch of cats that save the world that eat catnip and hot dogs and <laughs> and, 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 and how that uh, reflects the state of human consciousness. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It was a, I don't know, I guess I just thought of the whole thing as a big joke. Yeah. In a way. It's fun, though. I mean, I don't know. It was neat building that story. It's, it, uh, I also wanted it to, to be in some sort of theme that didn't have, like, much 
it, it was a weird challenge because I didn't want it to have much action in it. Like, I wanted it to feel like a really crappy, like, high school play or, like, a, you know, one of those, like, e-movies from the 50s where they wouldn't, like, have enough of a budget to, like, show you what was going on. They'd just have to, like, stand there and explain it to you like it was some kind of, like, conversation, you know, like, well, yeah, we blew up the moon, let's uh, go to, you know, Mars. And then they're just standing there in, like, a cardboard spaceship interior. And then all of a sudden they're on Mars without, like, having to show you that. Like radio dramas, too, like how they just sort of, they didn't have a way to show you what was going on, so they had to explain it all the time. He comes walking into the room. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, just when someone gets shot, they'll, like, be like, oh, you shot Glenn. Oh, no, look at him, he's dead. And, like, you know... And, I mean, that could be what really would happen, but, you know, sometimes it uh, seems like it has to be explained in order to, like, let the listener know what's going on. You really like making things awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make a new comic now that is the complete opposite of that, with, like, almost no dialogue and just pure action, which is, like, I don't know. It's funner, actually, because I get to draw things, like, running and kicking and punching and shooting and driving and like flying and instead of just standing there like that comic Catalan Empire just sort of seems to have like characters that are always just standing in a room and they're like explaining something en route to going to do it or they're sort of in mid-activity just like yeah this is great we're doing it and then you know you don't see them go anywhere or do anything <laughs> there's something about it that kind of reminds me of um, Fletcher Hanks in a way Oh, yeah. And, like, that total Golden Age style. Yeah, that stuff's, like, my favorite. I mean, I love all Golden Age comics and stuff, so it's... I don't know. Fletcher Hanks is amazing. I like his colors and design, and... I don't know. It's amazing. I like how old Golden Age comics have lots of yellow in them and blue. I don't know. Just basic colors that are punching out, like... At least, uh, I don't know. Before things got... seemed to get more complex, like, line work and that, it was, like... Like, okay, let's put lots of yellow on the cover so it'll, you know, stick out in the newsstand and, like, they'll buy it. <laughs> Just basic, but, yeah. I don't know, Fletcher Hanks is amazing. <laughs> well, the, is it Victor Berg? When he's standing yeah. around naked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of, like, a Stardust-type character. Just like Yeah, Victor Berg and, like, the, uh... He's, like, hanging out in this place called The Grove, which, like, I got that whole and he's naked, and, uh, it's like, uh, it all came out of this thing, there's this place, I guess, called Bohemian Grove, where it's just, like, supposedly we're all, like, the most powerful, like, leaders in the world all go hang out in this forest in California, and, like, pray to this giant owl that they, like, burn, and, or something like that, and, uh, I don't know, there's all these rumors where they all, like, just get naked and, like, have, like, weird sexual orgies with each other, but... I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, the whole thing is just, you know, hilarious, so I sort of, like, created this character that was similar, and he sort of, like, ran the world, but, like, was just naked in this, like, sort of oasis, you know, with his, like, assistant, like, drinking wine and not really connecting with anybody and, like, just sort of, like, wanting the world to die in a way. <laughs> Very Dionysian. Hmm? Very Dionysian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't know. It's just sort of the darkest part of the comic is that character, I find, because I, I just made him, like, really uh, 
directly, vicious, like... <laughs> Do you not trust people? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I can trust people. But <laughs> yeah, he just, I don't know, like, yeah. I mean, I can, you know, it's like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> His character is just dark. It's like represents the darkest part of... Uh, kind of, I don't know, the personality that I was trying to create in the book. And, you know, there is a solution at the end, and it's good, so it's not like all dark and hellish, but I guess sometimes things can be, so. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's like you're looking for a good time no matter what. Yeah. That's the end, that's the end point, yeah. <laughs> that's the now, you've done a bit of touring recently. How was that? It's fun. I went, yeah, I went to uh, the Toronto Quarterly store in Montreal, and I went with uh, Seth Scriver, who like has a book on Toronto Quarterly too. It just came out, like uh, one of those petite weavers. Mm-hmm. And we went there and went there on the train, which is awesome. And then just, uh, we drew portraits of everybody that wanted one, like that was there, so for like a buck or two. And, and you did it with uh, airbrush, right? Yeah, he brought an airbrush, and it was insane. <laughs> he like, did all these airbrush drawings of people. It was amazing. I just had, like, a big pen, but... <laughs> <laughs> big pen and a six-pack of beer. And <laughs> a true, true Canadian people. experience. Eh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun. And uh, then we went to... New York last week and went to Desert Island and did the same thing and Sonia Allers was there as well with her new book she has out on quarterly. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was fun being there because the night before I had my we had our book signing uh, we went and saw uh, Sonia had like a uh, sort of a talk about her book with a slideshow and stuff and then um my friend Matthew Serber had like just made this amazing new movie. Like, uh, he makes comics usually as well, but he actually like tried to make a movie and uh, this sort of like his comics, but like uh, you know made on a video camera with like cardboard cutouts. And, He's like, amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's like that Brian Eno comic he did in that huge Kramer's Ergot Seven. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Insane. I know, <laughs> so good. I know, he's like sort of my favorite like comic book artist right now. I really, because his dialogue is just, it just kills. It's so, <laughs> so good. He's just, he's amazing. Stuff so good. And he doesn't slow down. Like, no. he's got so much different stuff. So much I know, different I don't know work that he's doing. Yeah, and he's got just such an insane amount of like, just the, I don't know, his dialogue is just, uh, it's just insane. It's so good. And it was, it's so good to see him make like a movie. It was, it was amazing. It was like everyone was just totally laughing in tears. It was just hilarious. It was like the most ridiculous movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> he does good. also like he does like weird audio things. Based yeah, he's on his a really work. good like his mu- his music is amazing. Like his uh, I have a couple of his records that he's made, and like I don't know. I guess he like does shows with them too. Sometimes I've never seen him play it live, but the recordings are amazing. They're really good. That's uh, Matt Thur- Matthew Thurber, 1-800-MICE is his call yeah. for people who want to check it out. 
from your phone yeah. folks at Picturebox. Yeah, it's amazing. You guys all even, co- Go ahead. I didn't even realize it was like one giant story until like I read like the third or fourth issue and like the whole thing just sort of links together. And I don't know, it's just epic. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna go for a while, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna finish it soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You guys both kind of revolve or kind of go around in the same circle of stuff, working with uh, Mark Bell. Yeah. Too. Do, do, yeah. Have you collaborated much with Mark? Because I know you're Nagadod, but that's your own personal piece. Yeah, me and Mark did some uh, scenes for a while with, with a bunch of people. They're called the Puffer Puffer series scenes. Oh, okay. It's like yeah, so and uh, we'd usually just go to like the uh, so when I lived in Vancouver, and we'd go to like the diner on Hastings. The uh, Ovaltine. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we'd uh, <laughs> and we'd all draw there, like you know, eat fries and pie and drink coffee for a few hours and make a zine. It was pretty fun. We did that for like I don't know a year or so. It was good. It's fun drawing with Mark. He's like. I don't know, he's really good at just... He's really good at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> he's good at improving. like, just, you know, when we're collaborating, he's really good at uh, figuring out ways to make things work, like, and connect the dots to make something that is good. When you're drawing with other people, sometimes it can sort of go off in, like, a tangent. But, I don't know, lots of the times when I draw with him, comes together and forms this like really neat finished drawing that sort of makes sense and really funny. <laughs> was that pretty informative in your own kind of your bigger works, like the the kind of solitary pieces? Um, was working with him like informative? Yeah, just in your own process. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. Like I really, really mm, <laughs> 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 like we had like. There's lots of different things I can think about, like how he would have influenced, how he has influenced me, and still does. But one thing that I always think about is, is his influence of uh, when I watch him draw, I'll see him like do like little uh, details, like he'll draw like a line of like a, you know draw a face, but then he'll draw like these weird little like divots in the face and these weird little hairs or yeah. dots, and those are the things that I really think are I don't know, it's like what I really like seeing what he's doing is his language of little dots and divots and cross hatches and like the little details that make up his drawings I feel like those are like what makes them really stand out to me as well like it's just his uh I don't know just his little details and so like I've sort of because I've always had a hard time trying to figure out how to use that or I did in the past more so and I still do because I always there's so many different directions you can go with like dots and divots and like <laughs> little details that like you know bring out the like the shape well, and seems, so yeah seems his, like his, you're going away from the details with yeah your, yeah uh, yeah I, I spend a lot of time trying not to do like those kind of things but I don't know I really like how he does it and sometimes I think about it and I try to do it but then it just doesn't work so I haven't done it yet <laughs> Like, I like how he's sort of like Robert Crumb in a way, too. Like, how it has that... I don't know, there's, like, something about the two of them that I find that there's some common quality in the line work and, like, sometimes that I, like, really admire. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
fun though. Do, do your own work that you uh, that you like to do. Yeah, I don't know. I I just get too obsessed with some other directive that I want to go in. I just keep on thinking about trying to do some kind of like shading, but I haven't gone there yet. <laughs> I get too obsessed with just lines and characters breaking I don't know I, I always think about making a comic in black and white I haven't even I've never really done that to well, like a piece in the, in the back of Dog Dots in black and white yeah I guess yeah. it's not so much a comic mm-hmm. well I've drawn like comics in black and white but it, they just never seem like there's enough there like I, I there's a whole bunch of things I want to add to like the balance of black and the, and like you know little dots and divots and like things to like highlight it areas more sort of like how like you know I like to use color a lot to do that to fill in that void of like emptiness <laughs> but I don't know I'd like to figure out how to do something I was thinking uh, I was talking to Anne Koyama yeah. from Koyama Press and we're thinking about doing maybe some kind of black and white comic soon so I'm going to try to figure out how to do that like in a way that I'll feel like satisfied with <laughs> and I don't know it's, it's interesting it'd be fun to work in black and white I've never really uh, done it to the finished level, so. Well, looking forward to that. She puts out some mighty fine books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she puts out lots of good stuff. You'll be in good company. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're at the end of our, uh, amount of time here, Keith. Oh. It's been, it's been a small chat. We probably could keep going for a while, but I gotta, I gotta cut us off. Yeah. Um, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, no problem. It's been awesome. <laughs> and for folks to check out, you have uh, the previously mentioned Petite Livre Bacter area and the awesome and most recent Catland Empire, both from Drone and Cormier. Also, uh, we didn't mention it all, but you did the McSweeney's cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- that was that number 12, I think? It was uh, 21. Was it that late? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was like 2000. Seven or six or okay. Yeah. I can never remember. It's awesome though. <laughs> it wraps around. Yeah, yeah. It's like one endless uh, computer room of soldiers. <laughs> it goes around and around and around. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I look yeah. forward to uh, seeing more stuff, Keith, and uh, keep Thanks. reading comics. Yeah. Doing the best. <laughs>